one person corrected our pronunciation one time. <laughs> from there on out, I was like, it's written. It's written. I <laughs> Not wrote. <laughs> like, I will I change know. my entire personality at the drop of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina. And I'm Renee. And this is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we're sharing our November and December books on the radar. If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you have a minute, please consider leaving us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or sharing us on social media. All of this truly helps other book lovers find us. Hey, Tina. Hi, Renee. How are you? I'm good. I was saving this like little snippet to tell you I am buzzing. Ooh, about the turn. I'm buzzing about the turn my reading has taken all of mm-hmm. a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I will tell everyone, you and everyone about it when I talk about my current read later in the show. Ooh, okay. But what you, a little I mean, tease. Oh man, I know. I'm so excited for a couple different reasons, but you know how when you feel like I don't have anything to, gosh, I don't have anything to read. I don't know what mm-hmm. I want to read. And then you hit on a book that just blows you away and it turns everything around. And now like I'm excited to get in the car because it's an audiobook. I'm excited to go take a walk. I'm excited mm. to vacuum the house. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're just so in it. And it's that is a rare reading experience for me. We need to we need to do this. We need to somehow track those reading experiences. Somehow I need to like it's not a rating because it's not always a five-star book, but like right. the ones when you're in it, you are in the story, mm-hmm. in it. Like wh- I need to somehow like make a list of the books that I was in from start to finish, like where you have that, I want to read it everywhere. I want to yes. you know vacuum the house because yes. I'm trying to continue yeah. listening. Okay. Put a pin in that. We got to think about that, What we what we would call those books. But yes, that's how I describe it. My reading experience has not been that way. <laughs> I am in a kind of reading slump because of my latest read, which I'll tell you about in a bit. I loved it. And I'm still thinking about it a week later. And ever since then, I'm like, mm, yeah, no, nothing is grabbing me in that same way. So we'll have to see where it goes from here. Okay. I know. It's the good and the bad. It's the roller coaster of, of reading. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like you want a reading slump. That's the best. But also it sucks <laughs> I know. because it means though you had a great reading experience, but then mm-hmm. it means you likely will say, I'm not into it. And I tried some books and you'll hear about this in our upcoming DNF bonus episode. But some of these books I was looking forward to and I'm like, why am I not interested? Like, this is a good book, a book I was looking forward to, meh, not grabbing me. And I think it's the timing. Mm-hmm. Well, once you have a, a amazing reading experience, whether for whatever reason, if the book was happy, sad, exciting, whatever. Whatever. You're chasing that again. Yeah. This one was thought-provoking. I'm still trying to puzzle it out, (laughs) even though I finished (laughs) it. I'm like, wait. Yeah, it was was good. But I guess kick us off. All right. I am going to kick things off with a loving lately I am so excited about. And it's another TV show. Ooh. As soon as the evenings start shortening as far as it's getting darker earlier, Mm -hmm. I have more time to watch TV. 
And I just started watching a show called The Cleaning Lady. Have you heard of this? I have. This one's on, is it Netflix? Well, it's a Fox show. It okay. is, no, it's, it was on Hulu. The second season is on Hulu. Got it. Okay. I ended up buying the first season and then found out it's on HBO Max, which we have HBO. I did not. So this came recommended by my son again. So I have a son who is a great recommender of TV shows. We were complaining together about the turn that the patient has taken. Oh, no. I know. I, I know. It's the last couple episodes I've been kind of bored, which is unfortunate, but I'm going to keep watching it. But anyway, I told him I was looking for something like darker and like a little bit more thrilling. And he said, have you tried The Cleaning Lady? Why haven't I known about this show? This stars Elodie Young and Aiden Canto. And this is literally about a cleaning lady. So Elodie plays Tony and she's from Cambodia. She was a doctor in Cambodia and comes to the U.S. with her five-year-old son. She is married, brings her son to the U.S. for medical treatment. He has a very rare immune disease. So he kind of has to stay in a enclosed area and her visa has run out. Uh Uh-oh. Yes. So he is going through medical trials and tribulations and things are very, very stressful. And she has taken a job as a cleaning lady. Well, on one of her cleaning jobs, she accidentally witnesses a cartel hit. So the cartel murders someone She happens to be there. They see her, and she ends up going to work for the cartel as a cleaning lady. And, uh uh-huh. How have you not heard about this show? Exactly. Like, Like, this is is so in my wheelhouse because later— And then I think I've watched six episodes so far, and, of course, the FBI becomes involved at one point. So everything— that I love in a show. And yeah, I've been watching this at night and not even reading. I'm really into it, but I'm, I'm only giving myself one or two episodes a night. I love it. So if, if all of those elements are also things that you like, it's very suspenseful. Yes, you have to suspend disbelief at times, of course. Also, it's set in Vegas, which I love a, a Vegas hotel casino setting. So that was The Cleaning Lady. I was on like, various bye. places. Yeah, on, <laughs> on various places. You can find it on various places. <laughs> I was waiting for the author. That's awesome. That sounds really good. It sounded familiar, but I was thinking of something different. That I think you're right, though. That's why I was waiting for you to say the author, because I'm like, oh, this sounds like a novel. Like, it's for sure sounds oh, like a book that we would totally, totally does. read. It totally yeah. does sound like it could be based on a book. And um, I love finding things that I didn't know about that I end up loving. It's so much fun. And I love this segment of our show because it does literally force me to be like, okay, what am I going to do? I just started a show. Well, <laughs> I was I sat down the other day and I was not in the mood to read. I worked a really long day and I was like, all right, let me just watch something on Netflix. Maybe I'll find a new show for the podcast. And then I was like, ooh, Love is Blind season three. <laughs> so that is my subtle like recommendation that that I'm not fully recommending yet because I just watched a few episodes and I don't Wait, know how I feel. What? It's out? Yeah. Love, season yeah. three? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Love is Blind season three. Mm-hmm. Now, it does not have the magic the, the first one had. Did you know there was a second season? Yes, I watched the second okay. season. So, mm-hmm. yes, season three just came out this week. 
So far, it's okay. There's a really funny scene where this guy doesn't realize he's, or he knows he's on camera and he goes to the producer and is like, hey, you're going to cut this, right? And the producer's just like, oh yeah, for sure. And he puts eye drops in his eyes to fake cry. But like they show the whole thing. Hilarious. But anyway, that's that's my secondary loving lately. Okay. I will give you the product that I brought for today. This is the Anchor Soundcore Flare 2 Bluetooth speaker. It's a Bluetooth speaker. Okay. Here's why it's special. The other day, I was listening to one of a a nonfiction book that I happened to be into. I was like, gosh, you know, it's time to get ready in the morning. I'm like, wait a minute. We have this Bluetooth speaker that Jonathan got for our bathroom shower area. This thing is waterproof. It sits in the shower with me. And I'm like, I've used it to play music, but I'm like, wait a minute. I could listen to my audiobook while I'm showering in the morning. And I thought, oh. this if this isn't the most bookworm thing I've ever done, <laughs> I don't know what is. But aside from that, it's a really awesome speaker. It's small. It's just about the size of my hand and a half if you're trying to like measure out how big it is. And what I love about it, the sound is excellent. It connects to my phone incredibly fast. You don't have to mess around like, oh, which one is it looking mm-hmm. for? Where is it? Some of the Bluetooth things have trouble connecting to my phone. This one connects immediately. And it's got flashing lights. So when music's going or like when the whatever narrator is talking, you get these rainbow lights. I really like it. I have no idea. I feel like the battery life on the charge for this is super long because I've never charged it and it's still working. (laughs) But I think this would be perfect for if you wanted to have something in your backyard, if you wanted to have something in the bathroom area or really wherever. You could even take this to a pool or a beach. And I'm looking at it now Anchor makes awesome products. And so I would say right now, we'll link to it. It's not on sale. John got ours on sale. So make sure if you find Anchor products that are on sale, take advantage because they make the best phone chargers. They make the best Bluetooth speakers. But I've really been digging this one. So this is the Anchor Soundcore Flare 2 Bluetooth speaker. I love that. Is it Anchor as we would think it would be spelled? Nope. A-N-K-E-R. Thank you. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think we've ever brought an electronic like this before. I don't think. I don't think so. And I have a, we have a big, like a Bose Bluetooth speaker in our kitchen, but that's Mm -hmm. not really portable. That stays. Yeah. Oh, this thing is, you take it wherever. I've never thought about doing that. Like when I go to put makeup on or dry my hair, obviously I can't, I don't keep my AirPod in when I'm drying my hair. I could have a Bluetooth speaker going though. There you go. That's a great idea. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into latest reads. I have been on a bit of a a short kick. Yes, you have (laughs) been. Like a short books kick. I know. The other day you were like, this book is super long. And I looked it up and it was 350 pages. I was like, I don't know that that's super (laughs) long. But I, you know how some books feel really long? Like, I think that's Uh what you were like referencing. Well, I think (laughs) if it's the book I'm thinking of that I said to you, I think my audio time was off. Oh, yes, because it was an audio book. It was audio. It has since readjusted. I think it was giving me the wrong Time. Got it. That makes sense. And that's why I was like, wow, this is You're really like, this long. This book is taking forever. I was it like, said it was 350 pages. <laughs> that's not super long. <laughs> All right. But this one is short. I promise. It's called The Swimmers by Julie Atsuka. You may have seen this cover around. It, it has a blue cover. It's a swimming pool cover. This book is 192 pages. I've wondered about it, but then I was in between reads and I thought, you know what? I'm going to see if I can just 
check this out. And I read it, listened to it in an afternoon, like two, a little over two hours. Also, this is a literary fiction, which has been really working for me. I want to talk about that later in our book talk. This is about a group of swimmers. They come from different backgrounds, different lives, whatever. When the book is initially starting, the swimmers are unknown to each other, except through their private routines. They have the fast lane, the slow lane, the middle lane. Everybody needs to stick to their appropriate lane. They follow rules, but they all are comforted in the fact that they can go to the pool. And once they're in the water, they leave their lives behind. And it's really, really such a great like setup as far as that goes. However, as we're getting to know the characters and the story, one day a crack appears at the bottom of the pool. And it's not a stretch to say that the swimmer's world is upended and panic ensues. Now, it sounds really odd, and it is a really odd premise, but the story is actually very in-depth, and it's told from the perspective of one of the swimmer's daughters, and that swimmer's name is Alice, and Alice is slowly losing her memory. Now, her daughter tells the story, and it's kind of set up into three parts. You've got the pool part in the beginning. You've got the middle part, which is from more of the perspective of Alice herself and what she's going through. And then you have the third part, which is going to be the daughter's perspective. Now, for Alice, who is in her, I believe, 70s, she is dealing with encroaching dementia. So that is a very big theme and topic. And the pool was her refuge. So without it, things become very hard for her. Dislocation, chaos. We find out memories of her childhood and the Japanese internment camp in which she spent many years. It's such a hard book to describe, but this is also a story about mothers and daughters, loss, aging, a lot, a great story about aging and memory, and also about obsessions and passions and what role do those play in our lives and in society? This book, like I said, is strange, but it has a definite rhythm to it. So if it sounds like, I don't even know what I'm talking, like, what is she talking about? It sounds weird. (laughs) It is, but just, I don't know, give it a try. It's a sometimes sad book mixed with humor, very, very smart social commentary and satire and lots and lots of themes to discuss. There is a part in the audio where there is repetition of things that the mother can remember and what she doesn't remember. So like a lot of repetition of she remembers blank. She doesn't remember blank. It got on my nerves to hear Mm -hmm. that repetition. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, "Um, okay, don't worry. Like just keep going and hope that this section, like this is not the rest of the book. And it wasn't. So if that bothers you too, get through it. If you've had any experience like I have with knowing someone with dementia, as well as assisted living and the memory care residences, you will unfortunately connect with quite a bit of this story. It's very sadly accurate, in my opinion. I thought the book was thought-provoking in a way that well-written books are when they seem to be about one thing, like the crack in the bottom of a pool, but are about so much more. I do think this would make a great book club book with the right book club or a buddy read because I kept thinking, ooh, I bet this 
is the point the author was trying to make. And I don't have anybody to talk about it with. (laughs) So anyway, it's a, a fast read, a quirky read, but really a very important read. I'm still thinking about it. It's The Swimmers by Julie Atsuka. Good one. Yeah, I was going to say right away, this sounds like it could be a good book club mm-hmm. read, depending on your book club. And I also had to look it up. I was kind of like in the beginning, I'm like, didn't you already bring this book? You brought The Swimmer by Joakim Zander right. many moons ago back in March. But I was like, oh, I yeah, know you brought it. Book. Totally different. Yeah, I looked that one up. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely different story. And once you started explaining it, I'm like, oh, no, we don't. We haven't done this one. But I was like, is this the first time we accidentally brought you the know, same book twice? No, I different. forgot that. That one was called The Swimmer, and this is called The Swimmers. And I completely yeah. forgot. Yeah, I don't I, know. Well, you yeah. told you brought them both. And I remember hearing you talk about the swimmer and pool and all this. So I was like, wait, what? And then I looked. I'm like, oh, no, that's crime fiction. Totally yeah. different. That was Nordic Noir. Yep. All right. My latest read is a book that you first got on my radar back in September. Oh. It was one of your books on the radar picks. Oh. It's The Other Side of Night by Adam Hamdi. And here's the thing. I'm going to keep this pretty short because this is one of those books, please hear me when I say, it's best read knowing very little outside of the initial setup. It's a story about a grieving author, a disgraced police officer, and family friend whose lives are bound together in unexpected ways. It's set in the UK and opens with the author, David, telling his life story. And he says to the reader, I know you're going to think this is fiction, but I swear that every word you're about to read is true. Then we meet Harriet, a police officer who's very dedicated to her job and until she got fired for reasons that we find out later on. She is trying to clear her name, and when she's doing so, stumbles upon a book called Happiness, A New Way of Life. And she figures for 50 pence, it's a bargain, so why not take it home with me? And in the book, she actually finds something that gets her detective brain working. It is a note that says, help me, he's trying to kill me. And she becomes engrossed in trying to figure out who wrote it and who he is. That's it. That's all you need. This is a really smart crime novel that takes what could have been a straightforward story and turns it on its head. It was absolutely my kind of book, 100%. And as a reader, you have to sit with a little bit of confusion and just trust that it all comes together in the end, because it definitely does. And I love that the author gave you just enough to stay engaged, but not so much to where it was obvious what was going on. I loved Harry as a character. She is flawed and she's sharp and really good at her job. And I was rooting for her to be able to unpack things and find a way to carry on without this job that had turned into her identity. Okay, so I'm going to say something that normally turns me off with books, but if you like puzzles, I do think this would be a good book for you. This is a good book for people who like to put the pieces together to really figure out what's going on. I don't like puzzles. (laughs) So when people (laughs) tell me that, I'm like, wait, I don't know if I'll like this. But trust me when I say there is just enough to keep your juices flowing and to keep you engaged. I thought this was really, really well done. And I can actually see myself reading this again to see what else I can discover after I have all of the information. This is a five-star read for me, and I'm so happy to say that. This one did kick off a reading slump, though, so I'm a little bit mad at it. But this book is The Other Side of Night by Adam Hamdy. Yeah, I, man, I would not have thought that you would have picked this up based on the puzzle aspect. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you read it, you'll know why it was a me book. 
Um, and I yeah. can't tell you right now because that'll spoil it. It reminds me of one of my favorite books ever for Ooh. a reason. And I can't tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like okay. books like that, though, where it's like there's things I can't tell you about. So, yes, mm-hmm. if you have read it and do read it and want to chat with somebody, definitely feel free to reach out to me, Tina, because I'm happy to chat about it because this is one where you're going to be like, wait, wait. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. I'm trying to be oh, – mo- yeah. I'm, I'm like trying not to spoil yes. anything. Yeah, yeah. You well, I'm I'm still intrigued about it. So I'm glad it was so good for you and five good, stars. Good listening stars. experience. I did both. Yeah, I did this primarily on audio, although on I would audio, pick it okay. up on print when I was just in the mood. I was like, I want to okay. keep reading. Oh, good. All right. Well, before we get into book talk, we do have a listener latest read I'm going to tell you about. And this comes from Lindsay Nicole Thomas on Instagram. And I thought this would be a great selection because we're heading into nonfiction November. And the book she recommends is Wild Spectacle, Seeking Wonders in a World Beyond Humans by Janice Ray. And Lindsay says, this is a collection of nature essays that makes you appreciate the natural world and will inspire you to spend more time outside. She said she's never highlighted so many passages in a book before and that the writing is beautiful and evocative, but also does take a couple essays to get into the flow. And the book inspired her to be less wasteful, to take better care of their home, and to appreciate the tiniest creatures, even spiders, a little more. And that was Wild Spectacle, Seeking Wonders in a World Beyond Humans by Janice Ray. Oh, great pick. That sounds like one I would never find on my own, but I would hear someone talking about right. it and be like, yep, I need to know more. <laughs> I've never heard of it. And when I actually saw the word nature essays, I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds right up my alley for just something to read on the side because I I walk outside every day. I love nature. I just like, you know, I like to read about it or. I don't know. So I I think this might be a fun, you know, even just an essay here and there sort of Mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So I can't even believe I'm about to say this, but for our books on the radar, as you know, we do them every month, except for the Mm -hmm. very last two months of the year, because typically November, December are lighter publishing months. So we like to combine those for our radar. And also that leaves us room toward the end of the year to do some best of lists and things like that. So as we were putting this episode together, I started thinking, all right, wow, we are on November, December, books on the radar. What are some of my reading goals for the end of the year? Because it's the, I, I, I just can't believe it, but now is the time. <laughs> it's toward I the know, end of October. I, I know. I can't. So numbers-wise, my most basic goal was to read 125 books in 2022. I will definitely beat that. I'm at 113 right now. And reminder, of course, we do this sort of professionally. (laughs) Like we bring Mm -hmm. you books that we've read. So of course, we are going to read more books, I think, than a casual reader. But you're still a reader whether you read two books or 200. Um, But I'm doing pretty good with my number goals. What about you? I am behind on like putting all of my books in one place to add them up. But my number goal was 100 for this year. And I have a feeling I'm going to be what like way past it and which mm-hmm. way past it for me, I'm going to guess I'm going to land somewhere around 110 to 15. 
Yeah. I bet you do more. I really do. I might. I don't know. It's bonkers. I wish I could quit. I I know. I wish I could quickly add that up, but I can't because I haven't, I'd have to input them in story graph, but I, I feel like I'm reading way more than usual. And Mm -hmm. also because yeah, I'm, I'm reading in a steady clip and we don't get a break. We don't take a break mm-hmm. um, too often. So I keep on going and I'm happy with the quantity and quality. I mean, obviously I was happy, you know, reading under a hundred books too, usually. Right. So I feel like, I feel like for the last two months, I would love to read a little bit more authors that I've been meaning to read, or there's a couple of books that you brought to the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. That I would love to get in. And I think that you brought them early enough that I just right now don't remember what you said about them, although I know that you liked them. So mm-hmm. one is Tell Me an Ending by Joe Harkin. I want to oh, yeah. read that. Wow. That, I forgot and about I, that this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to read that. I don't re- I mean, I, I think you liked it, but I don't remember what you said about it. And uh, Finding Me by Viola Davis. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, those, those are, are worthy. Two, Worthy, yeah. worthy. Some of the books you brought that I haven't read but want to, Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. We do this periodic BTE book club for our patrons, and we vote on the books that we're going to read. And selfishly, I was like, maybe Black Cake. Maybe we should add that one in there because I really wanted to read it, but I wanted mm-hmm. to get credit for it, which is so dumb. <laughs> like, I can just read these books on my own, but I was like, wouldn't it be great? And so, yes, everybody voted, and that is going to be our end-of-the-year book club choice, and I'm pumped. Yes. So Black Cake. And I also really, really want to read Signal Fires by Danny Shapiro because you just loved that book. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. There are some books like those, two in particular, that I really want you to read because yeah. I want to talk right. about a yeah. lot of the, you know, these books with you. We just don't get a chance to do that too often. We don't very often. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm doing uh, like on the side kind of for fun for myself to kind of organize my end of year reading a bit. So I don't know if you're doing anything similar, but I'm working on my chart of when I brought Kelly from Kelly Hooks that reads books, her battle of the back burner charts. That was my lo- one of my loving latelys. Well, I've been working on my own because of course I like to analyze everything and I and like everything has to be just right when I put these books up against each other. So I'm doing a battle of the books I've been meaning to read which a lot of them are on my personal bookshelf at home or on my Kindle. But here's, okay, I I, want to share a couple with you. So here's what I'm doing. I'm putting some of these biggies up against each other. So for example, I'm going to put A Gentleman in Moscow by Amor Tolls up against The Count of Monte Cristo, which I've I've started reading as wow. a buddy. I'm doing a buddy read with Tracy from Turns a Page on Instagram, and she's one of our patrons. But the reason I'm putting these up, these two up, is because one is the Count of Monte Cristo, obviously. The other one is Count Alexander Rostov. He's the main character. Battle of the Count. Battle of the, the Count off. <laughs> now, these are two very like different books, I know, but I thought that would be fun. So we'll see. I'm also putting authors. Up, authors that I haven't read before but have been meaning to read up against each other. Barbara Kingsolver is going up against Elizabeth Strout. Now, mm. I have to pick the books. Now, I get the fun of picking the books, but these are just, you know, 
things that I'm doing behind the scenes for the Mm -hmm. end of that. If I can get these books in, I will. Yeah, I love that. And it's so fun to come up with these lists. My tack is almost the opposite. So I don't know if you know this, but we only have about three formal topics left to read for for the year. No, I did not realize. Uh-huh. <laughs> I three. did not realize that. Three. So my goal is to mood read as much as possible. I just want to try to pick up what's calling me in that very moment, read a few pages, and if it's not working right away, it's okay to move on. You can come mm-hmm. back to it. You don't, you know, like just move on. Like I want to focus on NetGalley too cuz these NetGalley if you're not familiar is a website that reviewers can go to to sign up and get some advanced digital copies of books. I know people on social media have been sharing their percentage. I am not sharing my percentage, but the goal is to get above 80% books reviewed. And my thing is this, at one point in time, I was so hyped about this book, I put request. I asked for it. They sent it to me. And I'm like, why? You know, because of the show, it's hard to sometimes mm-hmm. get to those books. So for me, I'm going to try and do a little bit of a net galley November and get to those books that I have requested. I also might dip my toes into 2023 and see if there's anything in there that jumps out to me. And then, of course, I have a couple buddy reads. I'm going to try and read Little Prisons by Alona Bannister with Kelly Hook that reads books and Beaches, Books, and Bubbles for their author chat in November. Whatever Renee picks as our hashtag read with BTE community read for our patrons in November. I still don't know, but I'm Mm -hmm. going to read those too. Yes. I will be revealing my pick on November 1st, I believe. And I'm I'm excited. Um, Yes, even you are in being kept in I suspense. actually, I like that. I think we should keep doing this month to month because we don't often get, like, we come up with things, right? And we bring it to our listeners and our patrons. But I'm like, wow, it's kind of fun to be on the other side of the suspense. Yes. I love to be. I love to be in book suspense, especially mm-hmm. with reveals, which I think is why a lot of people, including us, like the celebrity book clubs yep. and their reveals. It's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, I I'm glad you reminded me about Little Prisons because I meant to order that. I want I think I wanted to get in on that mm-hmm. as well in November for their author yep. chat. And they're doing um, it on a Sunday right before the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which I liked because I was like, ooh, I don't have class that week. Like I actually have time on Sunday to just hang out. And they're gonna talk to the author who I I talked to on Instagram too, and I really like. Um, I think it's November 20th, if I'm not mistaken on that date. Oh, okay. So yeah, join with that. We can link to their post so that yes. listeners can join in as well if they'd like to. My final thing for the last couple months here of reading for 2022 is I like to try and pick up books that I haven't gotten to yet that I think will be on some of the best of your lists. Definitely Black Cake. Definitely I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And these are just my personal ones that are big ones that I might try just to see. I don't know if people Mm -hmm. have been liking them, though. (laughs) Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng and The Marriage Portrait by Maggie O'Farrell. I'm like, "Eh, I'll try and see what we think. Okay. Gosh, I don't even know. I mean, outside of, because I think Finding Me is a biggie. That is is going to yeah. be on a lot of best of yeah. lists. So that's it's definitely one for me. What What's other that? books have been big? Uh, chemistry lessons in chemistry. I think is going to win some things, and I I'm just not I'm not I'm not called to it. Well, okay. Lessons in chemistry was a did not finish for me. Oh yeah 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 that's right. Mm-hmm. That was yeah that was one I so I've I've did try that but it yeah it wasn't it just wasn't speaking to me and I don't think I'll return to it. I don't know I I am actually. There really isn't a whole lot of books that are calling to me that 
I think everybody's been talking about that. I want to see. I am more of, for somebody, for whatever reason, I am into these big books that were very popular at one point. Yeah. And I still haven't read. Yeah. That's hey, and I, whatever. That's, this I is don't the, know. I know. This is our free weird? read time. So whatever <laughs> is working for you, you know, whatever is, is calling yeah. you, I'm kind of excited to see where we go with it. I know. I know. I will mention, okay, I don't think you've read either of these books. I forgot two more that I'm pitting against each other. Atonement by Ian McEwen and Greenwood by Michael Christie. I've paired those to go up against each other. You okay. are, you're more than welcome, baby. I have no <laughs> desire. Now, Renee, once you finish your list, are you going to share it with the group? Yes, I will. Okay. I will. I mean, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to all of no, these. No, no. This by is the a, end a longer the term project. But this is what I've been working on behind the scenes. And this is where my mood is taking me. Love it. As far as like just getting to these biggie backlist books. Well, I would love to hear what you all have planned for yourselves for the rest of 2022. So feel free to share your reading intentions with us because I'm like, this is kind of fun. Yeah. End of year. Yeah. Yes. Your end of year intentions. um, What do you want to, how do you want to finish the year? Yeah. Well, shall we tempt them probably with some more books? (laughs) Why not? Let's put some more books on the radars. I will start in my first book that I am looking forward to trying is Trespasses by Louise Kennedy. It comes out November 1st. And this is a book set in Northern Ireland during the Troubles. And it is about a young woman caught between allegiance to community and unsanctioned love. Um, That right there, I was like, I don't really need to know more, but I'll tell you a little bit more. So at this time, there is daily reports of sectarian violence happening in Northern Ireland. And you have a girl named Kushla, and she's living a quiet life in a small town near Belfast. During the day, she is a teacher at a parochial school, and at night, she fills in at her family's pub. And it's there that she meets a lawyer named Michael Agnew, and he's made a name for himself defending IRA members and against her better judgment because Michael is not only Protestant, but he's older and married. Kushla ends up finding herself drawn to him and his sophisticated world, and an affair begins. Then the father of a student, which I'm assuming might be one of her students, is savagely beaten, and that will set in motion a chain reaction that will threaten everything and everyone Kushla most wants to protect. I don't—this sounds like a very complicated yet— potentially propulsive type of story that I'm really, really looking forward to. I don't know anything about the author, so I'm I'm looking forward to trying this one. It's Trespasses by Louise Kennedy. Immediately putting a hold on it. (laughs) Doesn't that sound good? That sounds so good. Yes. Yes. Trespassers? Trespasses. 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 Louise Kennedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That sounds really, really good. Oh, I love it. And Jonathan, fun fact, he actually loves the Troubles, or he's very fascinated by the Troubles. (laughs) Ever since we read Patrick Red and Keith's book. Oh, Say Nothing? Say Nothing. Yeah. I think that would be a really good fiction-nonfiction pairing, potentially. Oh, good idea. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going international, too, with my book one. It is The Seven Moons of Mali Almeida. This is by Shehan Karuna Tilaka. 
and this comes out on November 1st as well in the U.S., it has already won the 2022 Booker Award. So Mm -hmm. one of our patrons was talking about it in Discord. And the way she described it, I was like, wait, excuse me? Closet queen. What do you mean? Wait. Like, I (laughs) literally, that was the term that made me look it up. And I'm like, this sounds so freaking good. It's set in Sri Lanka in 1990. And Mali Almeida is a war photographer, gambler, and closet queen. He's woken up dead in what seems like a celestial visa office. His dismembered body is sinking into the serene lake nearby, and he has no idea who killed him. And in a country where scores are settled by death squads, suicide bombers, and hired goons, the list of suspects is depressingly long, as the ghouls and ghosts with grudges who cluster around him can attest. But even in the afterlife, time is running out for Molly. He has seven moons to contact the man and woman he loves most and lead them to the photos that will rock Sri Lanka. Wow. Why I added this to my list is because it sounds like nothing I've ever read before. I don't know anything about this time period in Sri Lanka. And two, it's said that it's satire. And I love satirical books. I'm thinking like Black Buck, books that just kind of push that envelope. And wow, this sounds like it's a story told in a really unique way. I'm actually wary of award winners typically, because sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't follow (laughs) what all is trying to happen here. But I thought this premise sounds good. And I I feel like I want to give it a shot. And I actually already ordered it from Blackwell. So you may hear me talk about this one on the show soon. This is The Seven Moons of Mali Almeida by Shehan Karuna Tilaka. I saw that one, won the booker. And then I saw that it had afterlife in the (laughs) description. And I was like, yes. Yeah, that sounds so good. <laughs> you and were sold by the too. afterlife. I was sold, I was by, the sold by the closet queen. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, that one sounds really, really good. Okay. My next one is a debut. And I feel so excited about this book. I had never heard of it to like was researching for this episode. And now I'm dying to read it and I don't have a copy of it. You know, it's probably going to be good when there's a list of places that have, have named a book as a most anticipated book of oh, fall 2022. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this one has a list. It's called The Lemon by S.E. Boyd. Comes out November 8th. Have you heard of this, Tina? No. Mm-mm. Okay. I think this is going to be right up your alley too. It is set in the intersecting worlds of fine dining, Hollywood, and the media, and it's billed as a darkly hilarious and ultimately affecting story about the underside of success and fame and our ongoing complicity in devouring our cultural heroes. Hello. Oh my God, that's good. I know. And funny, this is actually really funny, and I didn't plan on this at all, but the main character is a guy named John Doe. He's universally adored host of a culinary travel show called Last Call. And while he's filming on location in Belfast, Northern Ireland, which who knew? knew? (laughs) I know I was just there with my other book. That's crazy. While he's on location filming, he's found dead in a hotel room in an apparent suicide. So as the news of his death breaks, you have a group of friends, fixers, hustlers, and opportunists vying to seize control of the narrative. So we will have Doe's chess master of an agent, Nia, 
and she's going to be trying to preserve his legacy. We're going to have a down-on-her-luck journalist, Katie, who fabricates a story about Doe to save her job at a failing website, and world-famous chef Paolo Cabrini, who is Doe's closest friend and confidant, and who also finds himself entangled with a deranged Belfast hotel worker whose lurid secret might just take them all down. Uh, There is nothing I don't love about this entire (laughs) premise. Now listen to this. Okay, I read this part and then I had to do a little digging. The story is bolstered by the authors, plural, plural for authors, insider knowledge of high-end restaurants and low-end media. And it's being described as a raucous examination of our culture with cutting prose, crackling dialogue, and an unpredictable plot that will keep you riveted to the last page. Yes, thank that's you. A, that's so a lot had, to live up to, but I feel like I could know, do it. I know, for a debut. So I did a little digging. Fun fact, S.E. Boyd is three authors. Oh. Yes, three authors. They It is journalist Kevin Alexander and Joe Kiohan and editor... Alessandra Lusardi. So three authors, one Kevin Alexander who has won an award for food writing. So, I mean, I don't know that I have read a novel with three authors. So that sounds- I was sounds, thinking that too. Mm-mm. Yeah. So that's The Lemon by S.E. Boyd. Bravo. I've never heard of this in my life. I've never seen the cover. I am intrigued. That sounds really so good. So intrigued. Yes. Yeah, it's hard to look up too, though, because there's already a book called Lemon, and then I'm getting Lemony Snicket. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have to come back to this. <laughs> you know, I'm glad I clicked on it because the title, I was like, mm, Lemon. I don't. <laughs> you I'm just not, made a lemon face. What, I don't know what that's gonna be about. <laughs> like, to, lesson learned: click on the title. You never yeah. know when a premise is gonna blow your mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine's also written by a very under the radar kind of character. It's called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing by actor Matthew Perry. Have you heard of him? <laughs> I did not. I've heard of Matthew Perry, but I, I have I know nothing about this book. Yes. So this is by Matthew Perry, aka Chandler from the TV show Friends. <laughs> and it comes out on November 1st. I am foaming at the mouth to get my hands on this. <laughs> I feel like this time of year, I last year around this time, I had a copy of Dave Grohl's memoir on audio oh, and yeah. it was the best time. I had the best time with that book. So I feel like this is going to be my stepping into the holiday season mm-hmm. memoir on audio. So this is Matthew Perry's memoir and he takes readers onto the soundstage of the most successful sitcom of all time, Friends. But more so than that, and this is the part that I'm really interested about, he is opening up about his private struggles with addiction. It's candid, self-aware, and told with his trademark humor. Perry vividly details his lifelong battle with addiction and what fueled it, despite seemingly having it all. And Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing is an unforgettable memoir that shares the most intimate details of the love Perry lost, his darkest days, and his greatest friends. And I can't, he's funny. I just know this is going to be raw and un, like honest, but funny. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, 
I can't say enough. And I wasn't going to bring this because, you know, I kind of like to bring books that are a little bit more, I don't know, under the radar, more wide, hold some more wide appeal. But I don't care. I will, This is one of my most anticipated <laughs> for the year. And I hope to get to it very soon. That's Friends, Lovers, and The Big Terrible Thing by Matthew Perry. That's a great title. It's a good one, right? Because I'm oh, like, yeah. all right, The Big Terrible Thing is his addiction. Is right. it something else? Who is, is this love that he else? lost? Because I don't mm-hmm. know. Honestly, I just know that he struggled after the show. I knew he had some addiction. I think he struggled while he was on the show. And and I'd like to get to know him outside of Chandler, even though I do hope there's a big part that's about being on the show. Because, like, this was a cultural phenomenon. Oh, for sure. Like, these Mm -hmm. were some of my formative years is watching this TV show Friends. And it's like, what does that do to somebody? Right. Because I, I think it's hard. It has to be hard to break out of being known as Chandler. Chandler. I know. And I like even. Well, and my temptation was to not say Chandler. And then I did Mm -hmm. because I was like, well, you know, maybe people don't know his name, Matthew Perry, just by me saying it. They want to. They know Chandler, though. Right. Exactly. Okay. Oh, that sounds good, too. I feel like this bunch of books, at least so far, these are these are exciting. These sound really good. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, my next book is They're Going to Love You by Meg Howry comes out November 15th. And this is a Millions Most Anticipated Book of 2022. It is a story that looks at love, loyalty, and one's lifelong relationship to art. It is set in the world of professional ballet in New York City during the AIDS crisis and present-day Los Angeles. So you have main character Carlisle Martin. And throughout her childhood, she got to see her father, Robert, for only a few short weeks a year when she visited the brownstone apartment in Greenwich Village that he shared with his partner, James. Brilliant but troubled, James gave Carlisle an education in all that he held dear in life, literature, music, and most of all, dance. So Carlisle became very seduced by and pulled toward the mentorship of learning about ballet. And also, her mother was a former Balanchine ballerina. And so Carlisle aspired to become a professional ballet dancer as well. But above even that, she really wanted to be asked to stay at the house with her dad, and James. She wanted to continue to be a part of their sophisticated world, even as the AIDS crisis was bringing devastation to their community, which it sounds like maybe she was not, so she was not allowed to do that. Instead, a passionate love affair created a rift between the family, and it ended with shattering consequences that reverberated for decades to come. Now, 19 years later, Carlisle will receive a phone call that unravels the events of that fateful summer, and she starts to see with new eyes how her younger self has informed the woman she's become. I love the sound of this. It sounds like it could be sad, but could also be like a very intricate look at family drama and dynamics. I don't know. I love the sound of it. Also, it's being billed as a story that looks at the price of forgiveness, of ambition, and of love, and what it takes to be an artist in America. So that was They're Going to Love You by Meg Howery. Mm-hmm. I love that time period. Well, I don't love it, but I like to read about mm-hmm. it. I like Greenwich right. Village. 
New York City. Like it's yeah, this one sounds great. I know it it does. I'm I'm very, very much looking forward to this one. I just got a copy, so I'm excited. Oh, there you go. All right. Next up for me is The Opportunist by Elise Friedman. This comes out on December 6th. And what I liked about this one, one, I loved the cover. It's great. It's a great cover. Look it up. And this one is billed as The Nest Meets Succession, the TV show. Mm. So uh, I lo- this sounds like the perfect, all right, it's winter, it's super cold out, you're prepping for the holidays, you just have a lot going on and you want something kind of fun. This mm-hmm. sounds like that. When Alana Shropshire's 76-year-old father, Ed, starts dating Kelly, his 28-year-old nurse, a flurry of messages arrive from Alana's brothers, urging her to help protect dad from the young interloper. And Alana knows what Teddy and Martin really want them to want her to do is protect their fortune. And she tells them she couldn't care less about the May-December romance. Long estranged from her privileged family, Alana, she's a hardworking single mom and has more important things to worry about. But when Ed and Kelly's wedding is announced, Teddy and Martin kick into hyperdrive and persuade Alana to fly to their father's West Coast Island retreat to perform one simple task in their plan to make the gold digger go away. Kelly, however, (laughs) the young bride, proves to be a lot more wily than expected, and Alana becomes entangled in an increasingly dangerous scheme full of secrets and surprises. Just how far will her siblings go to retain control? I thought this sounded so fun, and actually, the the word that sold me was wily. (laughs) I love the sound of a wily young nurse, you know, a second wife. I'm like, all right. This sounds like it could be super that interesting. That sounds so good. Yeah, right? And like family, it's like perfect for that time of year. So this book is The Opportunist by Elise Friedman. Yes. I haven't heard of that, but I'm going to be putting a hold on that, mm-hmm. requesting yeah. it. Sounds like a good um, time. Immediately. Yeah. Did you read The Nest? I did read The Nest. Yeah. Okay. I liked it. I, I, I know a lot of people had a lot of criticism for it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Okay. I just wondered. I haven't read it. So yeah. it made me think of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, my last book is also a December 6th release, and it is A Dangerous Business by Jane Smiley. Now, I ha- I couldn't not bring a mystery, a murder mystery to my group. So th- that is this book. And not only a murder murder mystery, it's billed as a rollicking murder mystery. Ooh, not rollicking. <laughs> rollicking set in Gold Rush, California. All right. The two main characters are two young prostitutes, and the setting is Monterey, California, 1851. And ever since her husband was killed in a bar fight, Eliza Ripple has been working in a brothel. It seems like a better life, at least at first. There is a madam, Mrs. Parks, and she's kind. The men are, quote unquote, relatively well-behaved. And Eliza has attained what few women have financial security. However, it's not long before dead bodies of young women start appearing outside of town and a darkness descends that she can't resist confronting. So she teams up with her friend, Jean. And Jean has been inspired by her reading, a lot of which is Edgar Allan Poe and specifically Edgar Allan Poe's Detective Dupin. So Eliza and Jane decide to work together to piece together an array of clues to try to catch the killer, all the while juggling clients who begin to seem more and more suspicious. Isn't that a great setup? Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, I've I've not read Jane Smiley before, so I'm really looking forward to trying this one. It's a Dangerous Business by Jane Smiley. I feel like that one's per like I could for some reason the visuals on this one is awesome. Like I can picture mm-hmm. the brothel, I can picture California during this time period. Like I I like the idea of this one. I do too. And two friends, like and one who's a uh-huh. who's a reader of crime fiction or whatever. Yeah, it just sounds great. Y'all will have to forgive me. I made a mistake. I was like, wait, I thought we were done, but I skipped my last November <laughs> read, but it's it's still a recommendation. This okay. one is Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. This comes out on November 15th. And gosh, if you're going to look up one cover, it's gonna you should look this one up. It's so beautiful. And this is about two people who thought that their love was going to last forever but then life delivered devastating blow after blow to Yasmin and Josiah. So they found that their love alone couldn't save everything. And Yasmin wasn't prepared for how her life fell apart, but she's finally starting to find joy again. She and Josiah have found a new rhythm, and they're co-parenting their two kids, and they actually still run their business together. And like magnets, they're always drawn back to each other. And now they're beginning to wonder if they're truly ready to let go of everything they once had. Soon, one stolen kiss leads to another and then more. It's hot. It's illicit. It's all good. Until old wounds reopen, is it too late for them to find forever? Or could they be even better the second time around? What I love about this, um, the author actually put content warnings in the synopsis for you. So if you want to look those up, definitely do. The reason this one jumped out to me is I love a second chance romance or another shot at romance. I want to find out what happened to this couple. I'm rooting for them, even though I don't know them at all. (laughs) But I love this author, too. She wrote the book Real, which I read and loved earlier Mm -hmm. this year. And she really, really knows how to write fully realized characters and very steamy love stories. So I'm going to try this one on audio if my guy narrates it again. Oh, J.D. Jackson. J.D. Jackson, but his pen name or his pseudonym that he does the sexy books with. Jackson. <laughs> Pseudonym. I'm probably not supposed to tell people. I feel like he and I have this secret together. Well, cat's out of the bag now. Cat is out of the bag. But either way, I looked it up on Goodreads. The early reviews are great. It has a 4.78 rating on about 500 reviews for a book that's, that hasn't that's come good. out yet. Mm-hmm. That's not too yeah, shabby. That's really good. Yeah. So this book is Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan. Okay. You know, when you were talking about that quick, do you know what book popped into my head? I don't know if it did for you, but your old favorite, Seven Days in June, which I also like. When you said Second Chance I told you I love a Second Chance romance. mm -hmm. No, I didn't Mm -hmm. catch that. But yeah, for it it sounds like it could have that similar, you know, kind of were together as young people, had some trauma, Mm -hmm. fell apart, and now they're coming back together. Like it has that kind of feeling to it. Okay. Well, before we sign off, we're going to share our current reads. Mm -hmm. And okay, this is now that I was teasing you in the beginning with what I've been buzzing about, I'm going to tell you what it is. It's Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. I just got it in the mail. I am listening. Wait, is this going to be your Battle of the Backburners? I don't know because I'm afraid to put Elizabeth Stroud up against this. Because I don't good, know. It's a good one. Okay. I might okay. have to. I might have to do a different. But I don't know. Now, now here's also the hesitation I have by even attempting to rave about this right now. I'm 35 percent in on audio. And the audio is narrated by Charlie Thurston. I don't know who he is. It is an absolute brilliant audio narration. 
because this story is told so far entirely from Damon's perspective, which is his name is Damon. But but what this is about, this is about Demon Copperhead and his name is Damon Fields. And in the beginning and where I still am, he's a fairly young boy. He's about 10, 11. The story is set in the mountains of Southern Appalachia. It's the story of a boy born to a teenage single mother in a single wide trailer with no assets beyond his dead father's good looks and copper colored hair, a caustic wit. And oh, he's he's so witty. I cannot tell you. He's I wish so you witty. could see Renee's face right oh now. Oh my gosh. I, I'm so excited about this book. So, okay. It's Damon's story. The plot is being described as one that never pauses for breath. And so far, I totally agree. This is going to take a hard look at the modern perils of foster care, child labor, derelict schools, athletic success, addiction, disastrous loves, and crushing lessons for Damon. And through it all, how he reckons with his own invisibility in a popular culture where even superheroes have abandoned rural people in favor of cities. Oh, man. Okay. Now, this was inspired by the story of David Copperfield, written by Charles Dickens. I don't know that story, but that is what she inspired, or she was inspired by. This is my first book by Barbara Kingsolver. I have been kicking myself, thinking, if this is how she writes, what have I been doing by not reading her books up until now. But also at 35%, listen to me right now, but what if it tanks? I don't think it will, nah. but I be, you can be sure I will be talking about this at a, at a future point on the show. When I finish, I will tell you what I think. Hopefully it's good. I've been known to like rave about books before and then have something just completely tank. But Oprah just picked this as her book club pick. And I was listening to her talk about it on Instagram, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I, I listened to it before I started the audio thinking, you know, how am I going to be that invested in a book narrated by a kid? I totally am. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It's so good. All right. Well, let me, I'll read you the last page so you know if it's good. So it says. Well, the What? I'm just kidding. I have it in front of me. You're like, I'm worried it's going to take. I want And I'm like, no. I want It's heavy. Ugh. This book, I'm holding it in my hands. Yes. A little ASMR. Well, see, it is heavy. It's over 500 pages, I think. Uh-huh. But yeah. 500, more than 550, about 550 pages. No, but it's heavy. Like the paper that they used is Ooh. meaty. So yeah, it's and it's a really cool cover too. It's got a bunch of these little kind of drawings, like tons and tons of detail on the cover. So anyway, it's, uh, I'm so impressed that you're reading that one. This one, I just well, I just got it on my radar yesterday. Stay tuned to see if I do. I only have the audio copy. Stay tuned to see if I will be buying a print copy for my oh, five-star Oh, for your five-star book bookshelf? Shelf? Okay. Stay right. tuned. All well, right. Mine <laughs> also just came in the mail yesterday. I bought it myself, but it is... It Starts With Us, a novel by Colleen Hoover. <gasps> mm -hmm. 
And this, I am positive you're familiar with it, but it is a book that is the sequel to It Ends With Us, which I actually only read that for the first time this year. And so I'm fresh with the story and I thought, oh, wow, this sort of ends on almost a cliffhanger. What I thought was so cool, she actually wrote this in response to the request of all of the readers because we know that book took off, especially on Mm -hmm. social media. People are really, really into Colleen Hoover right now. And so I thought, how cool that us readers inspired an author to continue this couple's story. If you've not yet read It Ends With Us, like this is going to be a spoiler, but basically two of the characters that I'm trying to do it without spoiling it. Yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it. You've heard of this book. If you've read yeah. it, if you've not yet read It Ends With Us, I actually quite enjoyed it. Super fast read. I'm talking popcorn read, but with some heavy themes. So definitely check the trigger warnings. But I flew right through that book. And I definitely have a feeling I'm going to fly through this one. I just got it yesterday and I've already gotten like 40 pages in. I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) Like, I want to see how this ends. So far, so good though. I am very much into it. What I love about this, it's a sequel and it literally picks up minutes after where things left off in the previous book. And I love that. Like, we're not jumping forwards 10 years in time. Like, we're just, nope, here's, you wanted this cliffhanger. Here's the rest of the story. So I'm into it. And this is It Starts With Us by Colleen Hoover. Okay. I have that one too, but I haven't started it yet. Oh, you got it too? The audio. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to feel about the audio. I think I'd rather read it than listen. Depends. Yeah. yeah. Depends. Yeah. But okay. Those are good current reads. Mm -hmm. What I do know is that's it for today. We (laughs) thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, You can help us by following us wherever you listen and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Truly, that helps us get our show out to new listeners and continues to help us grow. And don't forget, if you would like access to our exclusive bonus content, you can join us for $5 a month on patreon.com slash etc. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to etc. at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at etc. on Instagram Tina at TBR, etc., and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember everything's better with books. Can we go one episode with not with me having to stop? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh.